Welcome everybody. We are so glad once again that you are here. My name is Alan and this series that we're doing as we get into this new building is you are here. You made it. You figured out the parking lot. You figured out children's ministry or whatever in this new space. This is our fourth Sunday here and we are excited to be here and rest assured we're not going to count down every week. We're not going to say this is our 245th Sunday. No, but here in this opening series, uh, we will say that a little bit and we really truly are excited that, that you are here. Uh, for those of us who've been a part of this church longer than the past four weeks, this past week has been odd, has been a little bit odd as many of us have driven by our old building getting knocked down. How many of you have seen that and just kind of had conversations about that? It's just odd to have a church getting knocked down. Let me give you some great news. Uh, I think this is great that even in her demise, our old church building helped others out. That in the past few months, we had uh, the Phoenix SWAT and the Phoenix uh, Fire Department contact us about using our old facility as training for their organizations. So they've been doing explosions and fires and breaching exercises, crashing through windows, through the roof. How many people get to say that their church was used for SWAT and fire department exercises? We get to say that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's almost like our, our church has an ID card that says donor, you know, check. Benefit of others when it died. But um, speaking of parts, what we're doing in this You Are Here series is we're walking through parts of the building as a way of introducing this new building to and with you and introducing who we are as a church and uh, why we exist. So this morning, we're looking at the, the tower, that, that extended area. Why did we extend the elevator shaft significantly higher than what it needed to be? What is the meaning and purpose of that tower that is so prominent from the south and from the east? We're going to talk about that uh, uh, this morning and the meaning of that uh, for us as a church going forward. So as we head into that, would you bow your heads with me and pray? Father, we are so thankful to be here in this space, thankful to celebrate 30 years of your goodness. God, I'm thankful for this transition from the previous building to this new building, thankful for the, for the stories and the ways that you've used the previous building, thankful for the ways that you're gonna use this place to draw us closer to you. God, I thank you that in that transition, we are so clearly reminded that the, the, the church is not the building, that the church that you've assembled are the hearts and the minds and the hands and the feet assembled here in this room. So Father, I pray that you would bless this gathering, bless our efforts to connect with you in a, more, in, uh, in a deeper way here this morning. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I wanna talk about that tower a little bit. I actually met with the architect at the very beginning of the design process before anything had been written down, before any meetings, any other meetings had happened, I, I met with the architect and I shared that I had a recurring dream. This was a, a few years back. A recurring dream that on this corner, this very busy corner, that we, we learned that it's estimated once the 202 is finished that there would be 100,000 cars coming by this intersection daily. 
100,000 cars daily. And so the, the, the dream and the picture is this idea of a lighthouse, of a lighthouse here on this corner so that, so that those who are driving by or having some kind of experience here in this community would have a visible reminder in those moments, in those days that feel dark, that there is light, that there is hope. And so the request, the thought right at the very beginning is, is, is there some way we could have a stylized lighthouse? I know there's not much of a, of a coastline here. Uh, and so it, it, how can we have it kind of look like a lighthouse? And so that's why the metal wraps around the tower going up, that it would kind of look like a lighthouse. That top section with the beams cutting across it, that top, I believe it's 16 feet um, area, it will be lit uh, with LED lights. It'll be lit brightly. It hasn't happened yet because they're a little bit behind, and so we were hoping it would be ready for this Sunday, but it's not, so they're still working on it in the next week or so. That whole top section is gonna glow, is gonna be lit at night as people are driving by there. It's gonna look beautiful, and it's LED, so we'll be able to change the color, have orange for Halloween, and, and, and green for Christmas, and blue for my birthday, and you know, different. <laughs> different ways that we will use the LED light there as a, as a way of uh, shining into the uh, community. We are, um, we are excited about that. What I want to do this morning is just kind of walk through why. Why would this be of value to us? What is the, what is the, the, the significance of light um, here on that tower? Light is a fascinating concept. In the physical world, Light is fascinating for those of you who have a physics or engineering background, and, and light is just a fascinating, fascinating thing. A number of weeks back, I was lying in my bed, and uh, I have a, a, a engineering, little bit of an engineering physics background, and so uh, sometimes these things pop up for me, and I, and I just love thinking about it and talking with my kids about it. And I was laying, lying in my bed looking into the restroom at a light that was on in the, uh, in the restroom right next to a mirror. And I was just thinking about light and mirrors and solving the energy crisis of the world. How, that's just what I like to do when I lie down. And uh, so I was just looking at over there and I was, just, I was just thinking, what exactly is happening with the light that's in the mirror? What exactly is happening? Is that light in the mirror actually doubling up the amount of light in that restroom? So here we have one light that requires energy in order to emit light, and it's emitting heat and light. Then we have an image of that light right next to it that looks identical, and it is emitting light in some way. And so is it true that a light right next to a mirror in a bathroom actually produces twice the amount of light? And if one mirror can create twice the amount of light, if you put two mirrors side by side, which we all love to look inside and see a million of our arms waving because the mirrors kind of go back and forth all the way down the row, could we create a thousand lights that would solve the energy crisis in the world? Now, the answer to that is no. But, but, but what is happening physically with the light that's in the mirror? I want to come back to that in a little bit. And for those of you who I've already lost you because you're going to be Googling a look at just, just set it aside for just a moment. Okay, just set it aside. We're going to come back to that. Rest assured in just a moment. Light is fascinating. Light is also hugely significant in, in, terms, in the spiritual world. Can you recall the very first words of God? On the very first day of creation, in the first book, in the first chapter, what does God say? 
Let there be light. The very first words of the creator of everything. We see the image and the theme of light multiple times throughout the Old Testament, multiple times throughout the New Testament in many different ways and many different forms. I want to take a look at one use of the concept of light in Scripture that is found both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's actually a prophecy found in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, and then it is repeated by one of the disciples, Matthew, in the New Testament. I'm going to take a look at this verse used in Matthew chapter 4. If you brought your Bibles, I invite you to turn there. Matthew chapter 4, if you have a Bible or a digital Bible, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. By chapter 4 of the book of Matthew, Jesus was born. Matthew covers that story. Jesus uh, was baptized. And then there's the story of Jesus' temptation in the desert. And so all of this is his preparation for ministry, preparation for public ministry. And before he says anything, before he heals anyone, before he, he, he teaches in any way, Matthew sets Jesus up with this prophecy from the book of Isaiah written hundreds of years before. Matthew chapter four, verse 16. Matthew writes, again, this is a quote from the book of Isaiah. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And then he continues in verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And so this is, this is the beginning, according to Matthew, this is the very beginning. It's the launching pad for Jesus' teaching, etc. That Jesus is this light that those living in darkness have been waiting for. Jesus is the light of the world. This is hugely significant. One of the grand questions for those who struggle with the existence of God, this is a historically significant question, is this idea of how could there be evil? And maybe some of you have wrestled with that question or, or are currently wrestling with that question. When you think about the existence of God, how can there be evil? How could a loving God create or even allow evil to be in this world, the way that there is so much pain and suffering, that that is a, a roadblock for many in terms of embracing and surrendering to a loving God. It's a great question. It's an important question. But there is a question that must be asked before we get to that great question. The question that must be asked before that is, how do we know that evil exists? Okay, we're, we're talking about our struggle with evil, but how can we define or have any sense of what is evil and what is not evil? That before we ask and struggle with evil, we have to say, how, how, how do we know that there is evil? There must be good. There must be some sense, some parameters for what good is before we can get to the question of defining what evil is and then our struggle with its existence. The same thing with darkness. There is no darkness unless there's light. The, the, the presence of light is what reveals the fact that there is darkness. There is no shadow unless there is light. It is the light that creates, that, that is the light that, that helps us see that there is darkness. There is evil. In other words, evil and darkness doesn't prove that there's no God. 
It's actually the flip side. Evil and darkness is evidence that there is a God, is evidence that there is some, some kind of good, some kind of greatness that uh, the peoples uh, were living in darkness and they saw a great light that for those who were living in the shadow, in the valley of the shadow of death, a light had dawned. And so it is the very existence of, of, of evil that proves that, uh, the very existence of darkness that proves there is such a thing as light. Light is a hugely significant spiritual indicator. What our, what our hope is with this tower is that it would be a symbol for you if you are a follower of Christ. If you identify with Jesus, if you at some point in your life had not just, it's not about going to church, it's about at some point in your life saying, I choose to surrender my life to Jesus. I am a follower of Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. I'm a different person because Jesus is in my life and I'm spending the rest of my life trying to figure out what that means. If that's you, then Jesus says, you are the light of the world. In the next chapter, in Matthew chapter five, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others. You may have sang the song when you were growing up, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. You know, whatever that whole song there. We just sang the song a little bit. Uh, Shine your light and let the whole world see. It's this whole thing. You are the light of the world. Let me tell you, I know some of you, and some of you are not too bright. I, some of you who are followers of Christ, some of you, some of us, we are not always glowing ambassadors of this whole Christian thing. That is not always what we do every day, every decision, every part of our journey. In fact, uh, maybe you can relate to this, that there are times in my life where, where it, is, it is the light that reminds me that I, I'm kind of living in darkness. I'm walking in darkness. And sometimes I can go so quickly from dark to light and it just, boom, it is the light that reminds me, oh yeah, I've been in the dark. For example, I live in Lakewood, just a mile and a half east of here. And there are times where I just need to pop over to Fry's grocery store, thank the Lord it's so close, and so I can make that happen, I can do that so quickly. So I just head out into the car and I've got my, my white t-shirt on that is, uh, should be replaced because it's an inch higher than my shorts, <laughs> which is not, not really a fashion statement. Um, it's higher than the shorts that are about as hip and cool as the Crocs that I'm wearing. And so I head out in that outfit in a variety of color you know, schemes, and I head out there with no intention of seeing anyone. I'm just going to Fry's to pick up one item, and then I'm gonna come back. And so I'm do my thing, get my thing, get my ice cream, and then, and then I come back, and I'm heading back, and then somebody invariably either in the, in the uh, aisles or in the checkout area says, Hey, aren't you the pastor at Mountain Park? And then the light switches on. Hey, and I pull down my white shirt and, and I say, yes, nice to see you. What's your name, et cetera. And I have this and the light comes on. It's, the light comes on so quickly. And I just, I'm just reminded that, you know, I am an ambassador of Jesus always. It's, it's not that there are some times and then I can hide it. Or I represent Jesus always. Here's another example just to, give you kind of an example from both genders. Uh, my wife and I will periodically will have heated conversations. 
about life, et cetera. And so she'll be upset with me about something. And I know that's hard to believe. How, how is that possible? But, but my wife and I, we, we don't fight in, the, in terms of uh, uh, arguing or getting loud with one another. When we are in heated conversations, heated discussions, there's, there's tension and there's pauses and there's waiting and there's, you know, that's kind of more our game, et cetera. And so there's this tension, there's all this tension. And then the phone will ring and she'll pick up the phone and she'll go, hi, oh yeah, I'm doing great. How are you doing? And I'm listening to this going, Where, how, who is this person? Where did this light come from? Because when you were just with me, it was kind of dark. And so how does this how do we flip so fast? It's just, it's just this amazing, quick uh, 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 transition that we flip, that we just flip so fast. You are the, the light of the world. I want to read that verse again. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a life, a light has dawned. A light has dawned. That, that you represent that light and the whole idea with that tower is that you are that light. It, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have a heated discussion. It's okay to wear Crocs <laughs> on occasion. But, but just remember that, that people are watching that's the whole, that, that, that people are watching. If you are a follower of Christ, if you have a sticker on your car, if you, you know, if those if you, people at your place of work, if they know you are a follower of Jesus, then they are watching to see how you are going to respond to situations at work. They're watching because you're representing Jesus. You are the light in that room. And so when there's an opportunity for gossip, when there's an opportunity to talk about something in somebody else's life where you don't have any business talking about that, others are watching to see how you are gonna handle that situation. When there is someone in the group who's hurting or who has made a poor decision or who's going through a, a divorce or some kind of difficult transition, people are watching to see how are you gonna respond to that? Are you gonna bring judgment into that? Or are you going to bring grace into that? People are watching when there's an opportunity at work for, for you to cut corners, for you to say, hey, you know what? If we did this and this, that's not quite in line with what we're supposed to do, but that would be an easier pathway to it. There's a way for us to kind of veer a little bit away from the truth or from what's right. People are watching how you respond to those opportunities. You are the light are you going to hide it under a bushel or are you gonna let your light shine? You are the light. Secondly, in terms of this tower and the meaning of that light up there, it's not just for you who call yourselves follower of Christ, but the idea of the light up in that tower is that it is a symbol, a meaningful symbol for us, for us here in this church, for us here in this community, for the thousands of people daily who are driving by here, we want that light that is visible for miles in all directions, in Chandler and in Ahwatukee and down in Maricopa, et cetera, this, this light and this tower that is visible, we want it to be a, a symbol for the community, for the city. We've been doing some 
videos during the construction in preparation for this series and in this final week of this series, we have one final construction video to share with you with regard to the tower. So check this out. Hey everybody, I am up on top of the tower. Dean Schiffer is the general contractor for the construction of this beautiful building. He's part of our church and he doesn't know that I'm up here until this very moment, which gives me great joy. Uh, it's a beautiful view from up here. We've got, you can see all of Ahwatukee. You can see Chandler over there. You can see Wild Horse Pass and the freeway. I don't know why Dean has any concern with me being up here. I mean, what? What are you doing over there? Let's go, let's go. Whoa! I'm okay, it's okay. I landed on my head. I'm just glad I had a helmet on. I know, I know. I thank you for your concern. I feel it. I feel it in the room. Very much appreciate that. Uh, Curtis McFarlane was, is the owner's rep for us in this whole journey. And uh, so he represents the church and, and he's a professional in the area of construction and such. And when he found out that we made that video, he wasn't all that happy. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, there's some things that are inappropriate in terms of a work site and liability and insurance and blah, 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 blah. And so he called me after he found out about it. I remember him calling me, and we have lots of conversations throughout the building process, and they're normally pretty fine, but he called me up, and this time he said, you did what? And that was the way the conversation started. And so I did what any respectful leader or pastor would do in a situation like that. I said, I said Curtis, I can't hear you. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. And then hung up on him. So, but that's, that's sometimes you kind of know you're not supposed to ask permission for things uh, before you go after him. So, but again, it's, it's this idea that, that uh, from up there, I wasn't even on top. We hadn't put that white 16 foot section on the top there. I was, I was even near the top. And from there, you could see so much of the city that we love. And if you can see them, it's the way light works. They can see you at least in some part. And so, so from up there, with all, that we can, with all that we can see, the hope is that a light up on that spot, and once we get it lit, I'm so excited about this that in, in a few weeks, it's just gonna glow here in this community, that the whole idea is that, um, is that it would be a reminder for those experiencing darkness, struggling with darkness, wrestling with darkness, that there is light. There is hope. That for those who are experiencing darkness in their marriage, there is light, there is hope. For those who are experiencing darkness in their relationship with their kids, perhaps some older kids who are making some very poor decision, there is light. For those who are wrestling with the darkness of unemployment or addiction or loneliness or infertility, that there is light. That uh, the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those who are living in the valley of the shadow of death. A great light has dawned. And so our hope with that light is that it would be a reminder, it would be even a talking point for you if you wanna invite others or talk with others to say, that's what that light means. We want there to be light as a reminder of those seasons and those days, those experiences that feel dark. Thirdly, and, and finally, 
Um, so the, the light is for you as a follower of Christ as a symbol and reminder. Light is for us in our community as a symbol and, and, uh, um, and a reminder. And then thirdly, that, that the light is to be a reminder that, that this even goes beyond our community, that we are not just here to, to build up a church, to bring light into darkness here in this church, here in this community, but that we have a responsibility to make a difference in the rest of the city and around the world, that we are to be the, the light of the world, that we have a responsibility to make a difference. We have a section in our lobby. As you head out these doors on the left, we refer to it as the Make a Difference Center. And that area has a big sign up top, Make a Difference. And the idea is over the months and years to come, we will continue to provide ways of communicating with you uh, what we are doing as a church, what you are doing to make a difference in other parts of the world, that that is our responsibility, that is our opportunity to be invited to make a significant difference in other parts of the world, to bring light to those who are homeless in Phoenix, to bring light to those who are poor in Rocky Point and don't have a home, to bring light to the children in Honduras, to the refugees in Lebanon, to the unreached people in the village of Nalor on the island of Sri Lanka, that we have an opportunity to bring light to them, to others, to some we've never met before, but that we get to do this. We get to, to shine this light outside of this place. That this building was never intended to be the goal. This building was never the end. Just see what we can do within the walls of this building. This building is just a tool. It's just a tool. It's a nice tool. It's a beautiful tool. It's like a DeWalt combo pack. I mean, Max Dream World kind of tool. But it's just a tool. It's just a t- I like to I like to view the building as a battleship. And you don't build a battleship to just stay in the harbor and, and have people point to it and say, wow, that's a nice looking battleship. You build a battleship because you're going off to war. You don't build it so that it stays in the harbor. You build the battleship so that it can make a difference in the world. And as we head off to war, our weapon is light. The enemy is all about darkness. The enemy is all about keeping us in the dark, about don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't, don't really talk about what's going on in your life. Keep it in the dark. The enemy wants to keep us discouraged. The enemy wants to keep us thinking that we, we are not making a difference in the world, that when we wake up in the morning, there's no difference with our existence from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. The enemy wants to keep that going. And Jesus comes to shine a light. Jesus didn't come to make a point. He came to make a difference This is a prophecy that Matthew pulls out from the book of Isaiah, saying that Jesus is the one. The people are living in darkness, and they have seen a great light. On those who are living in the valley of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. We are here to make a difference, and hopefully that light is a reminder and a symbol of that. Okay, let me finally come back to the physics question that some of you are still, still have pen and paper and you're working it out. The question once again is, if there is a light in a dark room and there is a mirror next to that light, is there twice the amount of light in that room? And the answer is, it depends. 
It depends physically on your perspective and where you are. If you walk into a dark room and there's a light and you have access to that light through the image of the mirror, then there would be two lights there and it would actually be brighter because of the mirror. It would be nearly twice the amount of brightness from that perspective. If, however, you were from a different perspective, you were actually behind the mirror, you might actually not even see the original source of light and it might be darker because of the existence of the mirror. In other words, the mirror doesn't emit any light. The mirror doesn't generate, produce any light. All the mirror does is reflect light. That's all the mirror does. In other words, this light that would have been absorbed into the wall is now reflected through the mirror back out to you. If it was a dark wall, most of that light would have been absorbed. If it was a light wall, some of that light would have bounced off the wall. If it's a mirror, most of that light is going to bounce back to you. But a mirror doesn't produce any light. A mirror just reflects light. For example, this mirror here cannot create any light in and of itself. But I have these stage lights that are shining on me, and they are, they are shining on the stage area here. And if I use this mirror, then I could show you what those lights look like. And I could show all of you, even up in the skyboxes, we never want to forget you, you can see just how bright these stage lights are. And I can show you in a very annoying way. Right? Look at this. Look at this. Look what I can do here with this mirror. This mirror doesn't generate any light. All it does is reflect light. Similarly, you and I, we don't emit light in and of ourselves. We wish we could. We long to be able to do that, and we wish we could be better than what we are, and we try, and we fail, and we stumble in darkness, etc. You and I, we don't emit light. We reflect light. You and I, we can't make light in an area of darkness in our home or at work or in our neighborhood or whatever. We can't make light happen in that area any more than a mirror is going to create light in a dark room where there's no other source of light. That the only way you and I can shine light, can be the light of the world, is if we reflect the source of light. God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. And the only way that you and I are bright, and the only way that you and I can be light in our world, is if we reflect Jesus into the lives of others. In other words, the point is not, look at me. Look at how great I am. The point is, look at me. Look at how great Jesus is. It's not, look at Mountain Park. Look at how great that church is. No, it's look at Mountain Park. Look at how great Jesus is. It's not, look at 30 years of this church and the story of how people have done this and and sacrificially done this, and so there's 30 years of legacy of that ministry. No, it's look at that. Look at what Jesus has done in and through that place. You and I are not emitters of light. We're reflectors of light. The only light that shines from our lives is that which comes from Jesus. And so our journey is just to say, Jesus, I want more of you, more of you in my life so that others can see that, not so that others can see me. As Jan had said, we have people who are being baptized here this morning. We're very excited about that. People who are gonna share with you and we're gonna celebrate with you the fact that they have made a decision in their lives to make a change from darkness to light, to make this transition from darkness to light. And baptism is a symbol 
It is a symbol of, uh, Paul talks in Romans chapter six, he talks about baptism being a symbol of us going, uh, us going under the water is about us being dead to sin, dead to the darkness in our lives. And when we come up out of the water, we are alive in Christ, that we are living in the light. It's this symbol of us coming up and living in the light. What that means is that for those of you being baptized and those of you who would call yourselves a follower of Christ, you are not emitters of light. You don't have the burden of trying to create light in your own life. You are a reflector of light. Folks being baptized, you are reflectors. You are mirrors as you walk out your journey. You are a reflector of light. You are not the light. Mountain Park is not the light. Jesus is the light. And so then it is our opportunity as we go into the places where Jesus wants to spread the light, it is our opportunity to reflect his goodness, to reflect his light in the areas in which we live. What I wanna do is I wanna, um, I wanna dismiss those who are being baptized. Go ahead and um, uh, file off into that room there. And as they're doing that, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, first of all, I thank you for the beautiful image of light. God, I thank you that, that you let there be light, that in our darkness, in our struggle, in our, in our wrestling here in, in our community, in our homes, at our places of work, God, you let there be light, and that that light shows up in the form of your son, Jesus. So God, I, I pray that this tower would be uh, not a symbol that draws people to Mountain Park, but it would be a symbol that draws people to you, that this light, it would be translated by us as we share your story. It would be translated by those who come and hear about you, that, that people would understand you are the light of the world. Jesus, you are the light. And Father, we wanna reflect your light. We wanna, we wanna absorb your light and then reflect it in every area that you call us to. We pray now for those who are being baptized as they, as they live out being reflectors of your light. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.